You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, a game day in the Crescent City, of course. Also, the day after the official post-AD era starts here for the New Orleans Pelicans. They took on the Houston Rockets and, wouldn't you know it, got a surprise victory. Let's take a minute, talk about some actual on-court basketball, and we'll recap this game here. Then I'm going to catch you up on all the latest news with Anthony Davis, what's going on, and we'll take a look at tonight's game against the Denver Nuggets. It'll be a nice little bit of a break as the Anthony Davis story unfolds over the next couple of days, weeks, months, what have you. So let's take a look at the surprising victory the Pelicans grabbed over the Houston Rockets in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Anthony Davis who? That's what Pelicans fans are feeling after the team grabbed a 121-116 win over the Houston Rockets to move to 23-28, five games under 500, but also getting a big, much-needed victory here that kind of maybe just makes you feel good for a couple of minutes, which is, frankly, a moral victory, a silver lining, and something that's really nice. Getting a win over the Houston Rockets, who have been surging, kind of derailing their little run and streak that they've got going on with James Harden and other things, too, was just a nice little bonus, especially when you look at Eric Gordon and Chris Paul on the other side of the court there, two guys from New or who played for New Orleans and then kind of forced their way out or wanted out. So it's kind of nice to see and get that victory um, as things kind of are a fresh start hopefully for the New Orleans Pelicans but no Anthony Davis in this one of course uh no Nikola Mirotic as well no Julius Randle and um they rested Alfred Payton basically in this one as well so you're missing like 80 something combined points so to go out and score 121 and get a victory is pretty damn good and this team was led by Jaleel Okafor 27 points on the night 12 rebounds. He was awesome. 11, uh, 11 of 15 from the field, 5 of 5 from the line. In the five starts that he's had in place of Anthony Davis, he's looked good. Now, these starts have come with guys like Mirtic and Randall not really playing. So there's kind of that asterisk by this of someone's got to put up numbers on this team. But when you're doing it against other team's starters and going 11 for 15 on a night, You're doing okay, even if it is a little bit of a fluke, and even if you can't keep this up on a consistent basis, it still counts, and you got to be impressed with it, and you've got to like it. Also, getting the start in this one was Frank Jackson, 23 minutes, 10 points. He had a rough shooting night, 0 for 4 from deep. He still shows that athleticism and, and verticality that makes you think he can stick around and be at least, at worst, maybe a decent role player here in the NBA. So nice to see from him. Drew Holiday, after a rough first half, really got it going late in the game. 19 points on the night, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, and 6 freaking blocks he was awesome defending James Harden at almost every turn Harden got his points he's going to do that he got 37 in this one to go with 11 rebounds um, and he got to the line 10 times making nine of those and he was six of 18 18 threes from one dude the Rockets as a whole took 56 six of 18 
Okay, that's not bad from deep, not great either. He was 11 of 32 from the field, so New Orleans made him work for this one. He has a much better efficiency than 37 points on 32 shots. They forced him right every time, didn't let him to go to that preferred left hand. You saw Drew Holiday do an excellent job. He got three blocks on hardened jump shots, basically from three. That's not easy to do. That's a foul on most players in the league. Holiday got three blocks, played outstanding defense, and really kind of led this team to a victory. Darius Miller also got in there and played some really good defense on Harden. I don't know where that had been. Scored 14 points as well. Showing off a bit of a dribble. I don't know. This team was flying around, playing tremendous defense, and just looking like an entirely different squad. Part of that's probably got to be that energy from Anthony Davis saying he wants out and trying to kind of maybe stick it to to him or just showing that they're not giving up on the year. It's kind of one of those things you fire a head coach and maybe the team kind of rallies around a little bit. So it was kind of interesting to see with that. Um, You also had Kenrick Williams get almost 30 minutes in this one. He was aggressive and tenacious on the boards. 16 point or sorry, 16 rebounds from him. He had 15 or 14. I forget which number coming into the game all season long. They more than doubled that number in last night's contest. Good from him. You've got an opportunity to give a lot of these young guys a pretty good run. Frank Jackson should be getting a ton of minutes. Okafor should be getting a ton of minutes. And Williams should be getting a ton of minutes. There's absolutely no reason to do it. Hell, bring Trevon Blewett back for a little bit and let him get some run in the NBA. New Orleans was aggressive in this one, 70 points in the paint. You'll be able to get some victories if that's kind of what you're doing. So really nice win for New Orleans. They needed it. Awkward with Anthony Davis there on the bench. I think that's for sure. Late in the game as the Pelicans called a timeout to really try and put this one away. Anthony Davis is there with the coaches, helping them kind of game plan and giving advice on what this team should be doing which after you just said you want out because you don't think this team's a consistent winner, that is kind of awkward. It's like being out on a date with an ex-girlfriend who's kind of giving you advice on what to do on your current date. And I don't think anyone wants kind of any part of that. So weird to see, but I guess good that he's not just away from the team kind of bringing morale down and he's doing what he can. I, you know, I don't really know what to make of it. I'm curious to hear what you all think of that. So I think that's uh, something we'll keep an eye on. You know, it doesn't seem like they're going to send him away from the team. It seems like he will be playing when he comes back healthy. He had his finger wrapped still. So something to keep an eye on and kind of what input does he have throughout this team or throughout the rest of the season with this team. So Pelicans fans, did this win make you feel any better? Are you still hurting? You're still upset, still angry at maybe Anthony Davis, maybe the franchise as a whole. Let me know. We've got the locked on Pelicans call in line. It's 504-321-0448. Ask a question on there. Just give me your opinion or vent we can do a whole podcast with just listeners doing that i think it would actually be a lot of fun get your feelings out there again that number is 504-321-0448 to ask a question or let me know what you think about the anthony davis situation So there are a whole lot of updates going on when it comes to Anthony Davis and his recent trade request. First and foremost being, 
dude lost $50,000 yesterday, which, by the way, is absolutely nothing to him, and this is kind of a stupid story. The NBA fined Anthony Davis $50,000 because of a line or clause or whatever rule in the CBA saying you're not allowed to publicly uh, request trades and make that statement kind of on the record and out there, and Rich Paul did that through Adrian Wojnarowski, through Sham Sharania, saying Anthony Davis wants a trade, and apparently you've just got to say this quietly behind closed doors and not let and then leak it as sources say Anthony Davis has requested a trade even though we all know who's kind of leaking it this is stupid it doesn't actually hurt Anthony Davis whatsoever I'll tell you why because other than the 50,000 is just absolutely zero to him essentially um, that because it's not enforcing a tampering rule the Lakers are not involved in this whatsoever it's just Anthony Davis coming out and saying I don't want to be here which is kind of silly to tell someone that he can't say he's publicly upset with his job if you actually look at labor laws and things and I used to be a manager at, at one job where I had a bunch of people work under me and I had to learn this crap it's awful by the way you can't really stop employees from saying they don't like their job on like Facebook they're allowed to do that they're allowed to vent and kind of say these things and you can't really get them in trouble with that otherwise you kind of run into some issues with that um so anthony davis coming out and saying this to me is no real big deal even if it's on the record or not i think it's actually good for fans to see that ad wants out how upset would you be that if this was done behind closed doors you didn't know about it you renewed your season tickets and then they traded anthony davis this offseason after you've already committed money because all of a sudden then he's like yeah yeah we, we know he wanted out so we finally Finally traded him. He told us months ago, you'd be pissed. There's just there's no reason that this needs to be non-transparent, and that's kind of what the NBA is enforcing here. I think it's also a little bit petty for the Pelicans to kind of do this. You have to figure AD doesn't exactly like losing $50,000, even though it's nothing to him. You can't imagine that Rich Paul, his agent, who's one of the more powerful, if not the most powerful agents in the NBA, likes this. It comes off as petty a little bit, and I think that's kind of an issue here. You know, Rich Paul has LeBron. He's got Contavious Caldwell Pope we got paid um anthony davis he's got ben simmons as well these are all this is not a guy that you want to necessarily upset or do you know punitive things to his clients because maybe he steers people away from you uh long term because of that so it's just a stupid thing it doesn't even send a message it's not like the nba saying he can't get traded to the lakers this does nothing it's dumb Anthony Davis makes over $300,000 per game. $300,000 per game. This is not even one quarter of basketball to the dude. You think $50,000 matters to him when it's not even one quarter of a game for him and he's about to get paid close to $200 million or so or whatever the total number is going to be? This is zero. It does nothing. They find him 50 because he can't then file a grievance with the players' union on anything below that. So if they find him a dollar more, then he can maybe kind of file a grievance and this becomes an issue. So they did what they could, which is nothing. But there's also, there's no collusion. There's no tampering. There's nothing here. He just doesn't want to be here. He wants to go play in LA and he's doing what he can to try and make that uh, happen sooner rather than later, which is fine. He has every right to do this sort of thing, whether it upsets fans or not, unfortunately. You know, this he doesn't really owe the, the franchise anything. They don't really owe him anything anything so they don't have to honor it hence why these games are being played now to try and get him to the Lakers 
earlier um, than it would be if he was a free agent. Just get him there now. Makes it a little bit easier. Um, and then they can kind of try and sign him to a long-term extension. So that's what's going on here. That's why I think this tampering thing's kind of stupid. There are some other teams that are going to be in the mix for Anthony Davis. Obviously, we know that the Lakers want him. They're going to need to come in basically with their absolute best offer if they want to get him, at least right now. But it sounds like, according to Woj, that Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics will be coming in, and they plan on being aggressive. They cannot trade for Anthony Davis right now because they have Kyrie. Irving on that Rose Rule deal that just like Anthony Davis is on but guess what doesn't mean they can't talk doesn't mean you can't come to like a pre-agreement that just doesn't get consummated until later down the line when league rules allow it so you have to figure Danny Ainge has called or you know will be calling the Pelicans to let them know you know this is what we can offer what do you want let's see if we can maybe come to an agreement on a trade right now so I think that's kind of a big thing maybe that's just a way to get the Lakers to offer up literally everything but if you don't like their assets just wait unless Anthony Davis saying I'm not going to resign there starts to scare teams off and they make worse offers. It also sounds like the Bucks are going to be coming in with an offer. Uh, the Toronto Raptors are maybe a dark horse that you could build something around Pascal Siakam, who's been really, really good this year. Um, and then maybe the Knicks coming in, though I just don't see the Knicks as a realistic option despite everyone really kind of getting on board with it. Look, if AD's not going to resign there at all, and if he's committed to winning or at least wants to go to a team that looks like they will be winning in the future, which the Lakers are, by the way, look, going there and having AD, LeBron, and the max cap space for another player, that's the makings of a super team and a winning organization, or at least a winning record, that the, the Pelicans don't have. So it's not that he just wants to go to the big market, which is probably some of it, and live in LA, which is also some of it, but there's a better chance to win in the future with that roster, honestly, than there probably would be here in New Orleans. It's unfortunate, but it's true, and I think that's why you're seeing him there, and that's where he thinks he can get the winning done. The Knicks aren't going to have anything like that. There's no way at all that they look like a winning organization. They've been, they have one playoff win in the past, like 20 years, something like that. One series win. So I don't think they're really a team he'd be looking at. It is, it would be a lot to give up a top five pick, let's say, and potentially the first overall pick. Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and Kevin Knox, who I was really high on coming into the draft and who at times has looked really, really good this year, only to then have Anthony Davis leave in you know a year to a year and a half and be left with nothing because that number one overall pick in Zion Williamson could potentially be a game changer. I actually think it would be stupid for them to trade for Anthony Davis with that deal if that's what they think might happen. Certain teams can get away with it, maybe the Celtics, but definitely, I don't think the Knicks can walk away from that number one overall pick with nothing when it has to, a chance to be such a game changer. But we're going to see. There's going to be teams that, you know, maybe overbid right now sooner rather than later just to take a chance on Anthony Davis because they're desperate. Think about what New Orleans did with DeMarcus Cousins. A lot of teams didn't even want to touch that because he might be leaving and because he said, I'm not going to resign anywhere. But New Orleans was in a desperate enough situation that they took that risk. There's some desperate teams out there, particularly small market teams. Who knows what might happen? Maybe there's a mystery team we haven't um, seen at all just yet. So I think that could be a good thing for New Orleans because it just drives up the offers.
Speaking of offers, there are going to be a lot flying soon all around the NBA. And the best way to keep up with all of the rumors and all of the news is, of course, the Locked On NBA podcast. Monday through Friday, breaking down all the games the night before. You didn't watch all of the players-only games because it's just miserable to listen to. I did. John Krause of Locked On Celtics did. And today on Locked On NBA, we recapped all of that. Then we talked more about Anthony Davis. We talked about Kyrie Irving and all the other trade rumors there. And this goes on every single day on the Locked On Pelicans podcast. If you need one thing to keep you up to date on all the news around the association, it is that podcast. So make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So before we get to tonight's game against the Denver Nuggets, yes, we can talk about things other than Anthony Davis. But first, there's been a lot of news coming out about ownership and Sam Amick over at The Athletic, someone who's really good and kind of been on top of this Anthony Davis stuff all season long, really, um, wrote about it, the kind of ownership situation they have and how it pertains to the Pelicans hierarchy with Loomis, with Dell Demps, and all of this stuff. I want to dive in deeper to it tomorrow when I can spend some more time on it because it is really interesting. There's a lot to it, though I think a lot is maybe a little bit incorrect. You know, if you're looking to put a lot of blame on anyone in this for Anthony Davis wanting out, it's Dell Demps. Ownership had some hand in it, but I think it's actually a little bit overblown and tomorrow I'll let you guys know why. But one thing that is bad is the perception around the league of this franchise and how it's run. And they've tried to kind of correct it over the past, you know, year or two, I'd say. But at a certain point, perception is is more important and greater than reality. And I think you're kind of seeing that here and it's really starting to come out. So we're going to take a look at that and I'm going to kind of tell you how it's structured, what maybe needs to happen, what should happen for this team and this franchise to kind of right the ship and be able to have a bright future moving forward because I think it's important. But that's for tomorrow. We'll spend more time on that. Today now, the Pelicans do take on the Denver Nuggets in the first home game since the news of Anthony Davis wanting out of New Orleans and I don't know how this is going to go he will be there I don't know if he's going to get booed or what obviously he won't be playing this is going to be a good test it's Wednesday which usually has some of the worst attendance anyway so this is going to be I don't know maybe an interesting barometer of how the rest of the season the rest of the home games are going to go but I think fans are pretty happy with that win over the Houston Rockets unless you were really hoping the Pelicans were going to be tanking, which you had to know they're not necessarily going to be. Um, and I'll give you guys Drew Holiday's quote on that tomorrow with everything. I think it's a little, and we'll talk about kind of their mindset going forward. So they take on the Denver Nuggets, who actually have the fourth best record in the NBA currently, second in the Western Conference behind the Golden State Warriors. They are 34-15. and 15. I know a lot of people thought This team might kind of be one of those ones that was regressed or was overhyped going into the year. They are not. They are a very, very good team. They have a top three offense in the league. They have a top 10 defense basically in the league as well. They are a lot of fun. They play slow and do it through their big man, Nikola Jokic, guy who's basically a walking triple-double in a big assist. That is not an easy thing to get, and he has been outstanding for him this year. Jokic averaging 20 points, 7.6 assists per game, and 10.3 rebounds. He's doing that on over 50% shooting from the field. He's got some range from three, not too great there. He is a problem. He is a playmaker, and they kind of play inside out and run him as the ball handler and 
guards as screeners, and one of those big screeners is Jamal Murray. 18.5 points for him. He's doing that. He's also shooting almost 60, or 30, 60, 37% from three as well. they got guys who can kind of light it up. Gary Harris is there in the backcourt too. Um, 15 points per game. Paul Millsap's doing it as well. Will Barton's back. He's averaging 13 or so. So this is a team that puts up points and does it in very interesting ways, which makes them really tough to defend. This is going to be a big one for the Pelicans. You've got to be sound on the defensive glass with Kenrick Williams having that big game last night. They're going to really need him because this is the top offensive rebounding team in the league. You can't let them get second chance points. You've got to at least make life a little bit different difficult for them because they're going to shoot really well and they do that by getting these easy looks inside so make them settle for outside jumpers mid-range jumpers that's where they struggle at least a little bit they don't turn the ball over so you really need to make those misses count because you're not going to get those unforced errors that lead to fast break points you've got to do it other ways defensively again they're top 10 or so they haven't been tremendous there they're not going to turn you over so if you can kind of avoid those unforced errors you can easily have an efficient offensive night much like the pelicans did against the houston rockets get inside try and put up points in the paint and force this team to be a little bit more uncomfortable they do a you know, don't do the best job of keeping teams away from the foul line. So there's ways that you can kind of get this. Um, so I think this is a, a way you could maybe build some momentum, ride kind of that wave of energy um, and emotion that you have uh, after the Anthony Davis trade request and try and maybe show him he's wrong. Not that he's going to change his mind, but try and, you know, you can use this opportunity to change your perception of the team around the league, I guess is a good way to put it. So hopefully they can get the win tonight, even though I think a lot of people are looking for them to lose and tank and get a higher draft pick. So enjoy the game tonight. Boo if you want to boo. Cheer if you want to cheer. Root for them to tank if you want them to tank. Or just try and enjoy a win if they are able to get it. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game and talk more Anthony Davis.